This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoie, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here. And now let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line, and we're pleased to welcome on Ben Golliver of the Washington Post, a guest that we've had on in the past. It is NBA postseason. Ben, the time is greatly appreciated. Hope you're doing well today. Oh, I'm doing great here in San Francisco, getting ready for Warriors-Lakers. You know, Steph LeBron, round five. It uh, doesn't get any better than that. Absolutely, and, and these guys have headlined – just kind of the, the top of the NBA for a while now. I know some other guys have had individually great seasons, and, and of course we think of, of Giannis and the Bucks a couple of years ago, but but the story of the last decade or decade plus has revolved around LeBron and Steph. Let's go back to Game 7 in Sacramento a couple of nights ago, a couple of days ago. Steph drops 50, a career high, a career high for the postseason, but also a, a NBA record for most points in Game 7. How special was that performance and even at age 35 it seems like Steph is still in his prime oh there's no question about it and I think he controls the game better right now at age 35 than he did at age 25 or age 30 Steve Kerr said it after the game this guy's been doing it for a decade it reminds him of Michael Jordan the way he can kind of turn it on in big moments and it was spectacular what I loved about game seven from Steph you know he's always going to give you the outside stuff the three-pointers right I mean he's the splash brother Everybody knows that. But it was the inside the arc scoring, the scoop shot after scoop shot, the floaters, the uh, falling sideways shots, and the amazing layups breaking down Sacramento's defense that really got it done. And, uh, you know, it was a sad ending for Sacramento. They were a great story all season long. You know, popular small market, beautiful offense attack that just kind of fell apart at the wrong time for them. But, look, I mean, that's, that's the playoff experience, the championship experience. And you said it with LeBron and, and Steph dominating the last decade. I mean, these guys combined have won six MVPs. Combined, they've won eight titles. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that among the biggest names right now. And, you know, Nike versus Under Armour, however you want to slice it. They've been rivals for a while. It's going to be an amazing show tonight. And then, of course, as we go through this series, you do have a couple of teams, at least their stars are a little older. They'll be the dynamic of not having two full days off. I mean, how do you see this series playing out, given that these two teams had such big issues at times in the regular seasons, but the Lakers reshaped the roster, Steph is playing his absolute best? I mean, how do you see this series going? No, you've got it right on. I mean, this is going to be a series about pace, you know, based on how these can hold up now. The Lakers and Grizzlies in the first round actually played pretty fast, but when he was able to, LeBron James tried to slow the game down, take a more methodical half-court approach, and I think that's going to be the Lakers' strategy in this series. You know, Golden State was number one in pace during the regular season. Uh, Their series against Sacramento was by far the fastest of the first round, and it got frenetic. It got hectic, you know, up up and back. You know, there's a lot of turnover issues sometimes, transition play. And I don't think the Lakers necessarily want to play like that. I think they'd rather play a defensive-minded style, rely on their size and length with LeBron and Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt, and try to uh, you know beat the Warriors that way. I think if you're the Warriors, you're looking at this Lakers front line, and you're saying it's going to be a lot harder to score against those guys than it was against Sacramento because their front line just really is not a defensive-minded group up there in Sacramento. So for the, the Warriors, the key is going to be the three-point shot. 
not just Steph Curry, but they're going to need better series from Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins if they want to get this thing done. Both those guys, you know, played solid against Sacramento, especially defensively, but they're going to have to score more uh, against the Lakers to, uh, you know, to be able to get this series win. If I had to make a pick, I'd take Warriors at seven. I think it's going to be kind of a bloodbath series. Lots of adjustments. I do think the Warriors have a coaching advantage. And I think Steph Curry is, you know, like you said earlier, in his prime right now. Whereas with LeBron, he's had some shooting struggles. He's had to kind of conserve his energy. He's still dealing with that foot issue that almost required season-ending surgery. And I think, you know, ultimately a lot of times these uh, series get decided by who has the better superstar. And I think it's going to be the Warriors. So with the Lakers and Warriors tipping off later tonight, that gets to the final game of the conference semi or final series of the conference semis underway. Everybody else already has at least one game under their belts. Other than that Lakers Warriors game, uh, Ben, which of these series do you think is the most intriguing going forward? Well, I think it's it's probably going to be Boston Philly, just because you've got a player who might be the MVP in Joel Embiid, and, and you just don't know his status. I mean, he's got this knee injury. Um, it didn't bother Philly in game one. They get 45 points from James Harden. It kind of shocked the Celtics um, in Boston to, to take control of that series early. But if Embiid can't play, I mean, this is going to be a really sad end. I mean, they had so much hope of finally having a big playoff breakthrough. I don't think they can get it done without him. So that's why I think, uh, you know, it's, it's all about his health. If he can get back on the court and give them something, maybe they have a chance. And that winds up being a really interesting kind of regional battle there between the Celtics and the 76ers. But uh, the other series to, to really look at for me has been Denver-Phoenix. Now, Phoenix comes in with all the star power, right? You know, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and it has not mattered at all through two games. I mean, Denver has totally controlled that series. Nikola Jokic has been the best player on the court. And the most impressive part from Denver's standpoint is they won the first two games in different manners. The first game, it's a track meet. Everybody's hitting shots, and Denver wins in a blowout. The second game, it's real ugly. Nobody can make a shot. Jamal Murray's playing terribly for Denver. And then what do you know? Jokic just puts everybody on his back and gets it done in an ugly win. That gives them a, a chance to take this series quickly. You know, Chris Paul also got injured. We don't know his status quite yet. But if the Nuggets are able to, say, let's win this series in five, for example, they could have a nice long rest before the Western Conference Finals, especially if the Lakers and Warriors go deep in their series, right? So this is setting up for Denver, you know, kind of been under the radar all year at the number one seed. It's setting up really nicely for them, and, and they could potentially reach the NBA Finals for the first time in their franchise history. Talking to Ben Golliver of the Washington Post today on Sports Call. A couple more quick questions for Ben before we let him go. Ben, on that Nuggets and Suns series with, with Kevin Durant being just so relatively new to that team, do you feel like the issues for the Suns are more based on the lack of chemistry from guys just not playing together much, or do you think there's some real issues with, with, with depth or, or something else that are really hindering the Suns? No, you're on it, man. You're all over it. I think that there's chemistry issues, but also depth issues. And I think it comes out in a couple different ways. I mean, first of all, their offense is pretty darn good. I mean, they get good shots regularly because Booker's so good offensively and Kevin's so good offensively. But they just need to have a little bit more time together to find out who are the release guys in their offense, right? Who are those guys who can knock down open three-pointers and kind of keep the defense honest? Who are their fourth and fifth options? And they just haven't really gotten good production from those spots so far. And I think the other big issue is the depth. And Monty Williams, he's taken a pretty simple approach. He said, I don't really trust anybody on my bench, so I'm going to play my stars huge minutes. 
Well, the problem there is you're tiring Booker and you're tiring Kevin Durant out, and maybe their defensive energy and intensity isn't quite where it needs to be, uh, you know, over the course of an entire game to keep up with Denver's offense. So far through two games, you know, Phoenix hasn't been as good in the fourth quarter because they're running out of gas a little bit, and uh, Denver's depth advantage has really shown through and, and been crucial in both those games. And then last question for you, Ben, on that Miami-New York series. I'm in awe of Jimmy Butler because during the regular season, he's <laughs> he, he's a good two-way player. But in the postseason, he's one of these handful of guys that not only maintains his level of play, but he elevates his level of play. How is he able to, to play at such a high level when it matters most? Well, I think he's smart enough to manage his uh, body during the regular season. You know, He's always in great shape, but he never really plays more than like 50 or 55 games. And I think that helps him stay fresh for the playoffs. And this is a consistent thing for him. As soon as it becomes playoff time, he can handle gigantic minutes. You might remember more than 10 years ago, he was playing all 48 minutes against a prime LeBron in those battles between the Miami Heat and Chicago Bulls in the the early days of the Beatles. So, I mean, Jimmy lives for the postseason. He can handle the big minutes. He doesn't mind having the ball in his hands the entire game. And he's such a smart player. You know, the most underrated aspect of his game is he just doesn't turn the ball over. He's always going to get a shot, no matter what. And that helps him have those big, explosive scoring performances like he had against Milwaukee in the first round. Now, the trick right now for Miami is, what's up with his ankle? Because it looked like a pretty bad roll at the end of game one against New York. And so you've got to decide, do you want to play him uh, normal minutes? Do you want to sit him? Do you want to, like, cut his minutes and just see what happens in game two? That's going to be a tough decision for them as they try to figure out how to handle this series. But they've already stolen home court advantage from the Knicks. Um, you know, they've they've looked great so far in this playoffs. They got some surprising uh, contributions from a guy like Kyle Lowry in game one. I think the Heat are probably feeling pretty good right now. They just might sneak their way from the play-in tournament right back into the Eastern Conference Finals. And then, Ben, really quickly before we get you out of here, what was it like last week to be in the same arena as some British Royals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys saw that, huh? Well... Um, you know, let's just say they didn't get a standing ovation. You know, I think they might uh, get a get a nicer. Uh, you're, you're talking about Prince Harry and Meghan. You know, it's it's kind of a tricky spot for them because they can't decide if they want to be royals or podcasters. You know, it's like what's what's their uh, preferred profession? And they showed up at the Lakers game in L.A. and you know there was some polite applause. But um, you know, I think guys like Denzel Washington and Jack Nicholson they might get a, a better ovation from that Laker faithful than uh, the Royals did. Love it. We love it. Ben, we appreciate the time today. Hope you have a great time covering this this incredible series between the Warriors and Lakers. We look forward to watching it. We hope to have you again uh, here down the line. Enjoy the game tonight. All right. Sounds great, guys. Take care.